And welcome back. It's Midday. I'm Tom Hall. By the way, coming up on the show tomorrow, it's Midday at the Movies, the Oscar edition. Jed Dietz, the founding director of the Maryland Film Festival, and Max Weiss, our good friend of Baltimore Magazine, joins me. They will both join me with their Oscar predictions. And theater critic Jay Wynn Russick reviews Dead Man's Cell Phone at the Fells Point corner theater so that's happening tomorrow if you've just joined us today we're talking about the controversial deal that baltimore mayor brandon scott has struck with bge to manage the conduit system in our city joining me now is baltimore comptroller bill henry who opposes the deal mr comptroller welcome back good afternoon tom thank you very much for having me so what is your uh, the nature of your opposition to this arrangement Well, uh, I want to start off by saying it's not so much that I'm opposed to the deal. Uh, I'm opposed to the manner in which the business is being handled. Uh, I think that this has been rushed unnecessarily. Um, I think that the the particular deal that's been offered in terms of the amount of work that BGE will do in lieu of uh, paying a rental fee is insufficient to... uh, to meet the amount of work that needs to be done. Uh, I I don't know how much background you want me to go into, um, but back in 2015, this what started the, the legal fight we're in now is in 2015, the Department of Transportation came to the Board of Estimates and said, our conduit fee is too low. We need to raise it significantly so that we will collect enough money that we can properly maintain and improve the conduit. And we and, and the Board of Estimates back in 2015 voted to raise the conduit fee from about a dollar a foot to uh, $3.33 a foot. You know, we, we more than tripled it. And understandably, BGE and some of the other users took us to court and complained that that was excessive. And um, the, the, the agreement that we are modifying with the proposal in front of us is essentially an out-of-court settlement uh, from that court case uh, back in 2015 and 2016. That's the first thing I'm confused about in some of the things the administration keeps saying. They keep saying that we are on the brink of legislation, I'm sorry, the brink of litigation and that we have to do this deal or otherwise we're going to find ourselves in court. The way we found ourselves in court in the first place was by tripling a fee with no warning. Um, No one that I'm aware of is proposing that we do such a dramatic escalation of our fee again um, by compromise and um, with the help of the court. Because we did settle on something like, what, $2? and Yeah, we raised our fee to like uh, two. I think now it's, it's had some modest escalations since then, we're we're up to about two twenty a foot, and and here's the key part, and this is this is this is where I started with the administration. Um, at that current fee, BG&E is paying us twenty eight million dollars a year. And the, mayor, that, and the mayor says that in this new deal, they're going to pay thirty four million dollars a year. Yeah, that's a little that's a, that that's a little questionable. The the deal is actually thirty thirty million a year. There was an extra fourteen million dollars that they have to pay up front to cover the costs of work we've already contracted out to do, and they're lumping that money in and spreading it across the four years to get that um, 
that higher number of I think it's actually thirty two and a half now. But it, but 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 here's what I, I wanted to, to 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 point out is that back in twenty fifteen we had numbers from DOT that said the amount of money we should be collecting from BGE going on eight years ago was $42 million a year. So whether it's 30 or 32 and a half or 34 and a half, it's still significantly less than an eight year old projection of what we need to actually appropriately improve and maintain our conduit. So the first thing I said to the administration back in January when they rolled this out was, can we have an updated projection from DOT for how much money we really need every year to properly maintain and improve the conduit? Because maybe the amount of money that, that BGE is offering is an appropriate amount, and maybe it is as good of a deal as the mayor and the administration keep saying, but Tom, it's been six weeks and we still don't have those numbers. That's why I deferred the item yesterday. I'm going to give them another month to try to put that information together because when you're making a decision this big, you should be doing your due diligence and you should be able to show some real financial uh, underpinnings for, for choosing to take this course of action. Bill Henry is the city comptroller here in Baltimore City. We're talking about the conduit deal with BGE. I spoke with uh, about it with Mayor Brandon Scott prior to my conversation now with uh, Comptroller Henry, and I'm going to be speaking about it with Nick Mosby, the city council president, uh, after um, Mr. Henry and I conclude our conversation. Our email, midday at WIPR.org. You can tweet us at midday WIPR. So the... Uh, uh, issue of who owns the conduit system. Uh, the mayor is quite adamant in saying that this contract uh, retains ownership by the city, which is reflective of the will of the voters, uh, given where they voted uh, so overwhelmingly last November to retain ownership of the system. Do you have any concerns? Because there are people who've looked at this deal and said, well, in a de facto way, BGE is taking this thing over. Uh, so I, I'm not going to get into the, the fight of, is this uh, a sale of the conduit? Because legally, it's not. Um, from a practical perspective, and I think that's what some people are concerned about, um, we're not giving up legal ownership of the conduit, but by releasing BGE from paying an annual fee to rent uh, conduit space, what we're doing is we're taking away the largest, the you know, the overwhelming majority of the revenue stream that we used to have in order to actually do the work of taking care of the conduit. So, um, I mean, and I want to point out, I I heard you ask the the mayor if uh, if we decided that we wanted the conduit um, repairs to focus on West Baltimore, but BGE decides that. Uh, they want to fix up the area around the Inner Harbor. Um, you asked what leverage would the the city have? And um, the mayor gave an answer, but the, the, the accurate, the factual, the succinct answer is none. The city would have no leverage because the deal has to allow BGE to make all of the decisions 
about where the conduit work is getting done, because if they're not in full control of where they're spending the capital funds, they're not able to get the tax breaks from it that make this such a great deal for them. They're also not able to um, spread that money out over the years, um, which is the rate hike issue that they've been working with the Public Service Commission about. So you, I, I, I think you're spot on when you describe this as this is a really good deal for BGE. And um, along with the concerns about why we're hurrying through it, uh, my concern is we're leaving money on the table. And why do you think the city, uh, the law department and its wisdom thought that we needed such a dramatically different uh, approach to this arrangement with BGE? Uh, why, why didn't we just continue the, the per foot leasing agreement that we'd had in place since, you know, a long time, even before 2015. Uh, but when that lawsuit was settled, uh, it, it ran up to 2022. Why not, you know, when you talk about modifying the agreement with BGE, it seems like this is a dramatic change to the agreement with B BGE. It's not a modification uh, in any sense of the world. That word, this is a real uh, sort of start from scratch, new arrangement. Why Why do you think the, the city was so intent on uh, on not continuing the agreement we'd had in the past. I, I'll be honest, Tom. I'm not entirely sure. I've I, I've I've had multiple conversations with uh, with the acting city solicitor, with her staff in the law department, with the mayor. Uh, even uh, the, you know the mayor's chief of staff has sat in on uh, on, on at least one or two of those meetings. And uh, and the point I've made to to them on multiple occasions is. Uh, what they seem to be getting is a little bit more money out of BGE. Um, and they're they're claiming some other things that are related to the the legal side. Like they're saying that uh, BGE is taking on additional liability and taking that off the city's plate. and they're saying it it, it eliminates uh, the chance that BGE will will take us to court again. But I, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, so I have to be upfront about that. But I really think that those are, I think they call them paper tigers. Uh, the, 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 we're not gonna end up back in court if we do modest uh, escalations of the, of the conduit fee to address the fact that the costs of maintaining it are always rising. And um, the fact that we have done I, some modest escalations in the last few years, I think, is a sign of that. Um, I've, I've asked them on multiple occasions, instead of cutting this deal, why we don't just, um, you know, go before all the, 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 the users of the conduit and say, we're just going to have a schedule for raising the conduit fee uh, steadily um, and reasonably and responsibly. Uh, going forward, you'll be able to work that into your budgets. Uh, it's not going to be something where you need to take us to court and complain that we did this massive uh, raise all at once and that that was just unreasonable. Uh, we could be doing something like that, and we're not going to end up in court for that because, you know, the court knows that people raise rent on their assets. Uh, that's that's nothing, that's nothing weird. That's nothing... Um, that's uh, that's unreasonable, tripling tripling the cost in one year and not giving people a chance to to, to budget that. 
I, I completely understand how that landed us in court back in 2015. But the answer to that is not to just because BG&E offers us a quick $2 million more a year, give up all hope of modestly raising the fee for the next four years. You know, why lock us into this? Not to mention losing the control of deciding where that money gets spent, where it, it, it's, it's not just as simple as we'll work with them and they'll take our desires or preferences into account. I mean, not to put too fine a point on it, but if this proposal moves forward the way it's currently constructed, the relationship between the city and BG&E is going to be very similar to the relationship between uh, the, the, the council president and I and the mayor, which is, um, you know, he listens to us. We work together. Sometimes we agree on things. Like yesterday, after the Board of Estimates meeting, I went back into the mayor's office, sat down, had a very productive conversation with him about two completely different topics. But when there's an issue where the mayor feels one way and the council president and I feel differently, or either of us feels differently, the mayor can just, right now, is empowered to just make that decision, and it will just happen. And that's the situation that the city is going to be in with BG&E, which is we can lay out how it would be more equitable to do work in uh, in West Baltimore, East Baltimore. But, but you can't force BG, them. Yeah. yeah. But if BG wants to do that work somewhere else, it will be completely and solely BGE's decision. Comptroller Bill Henry, thank you for your time, Mr. Comptroller. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good afternoon. The city council is investigating this matter. Several members have voiced their opposition to the deal, saying, as uh, Comptroller Henry has just said, that it was done too hastily. Coming up after a quick break, the president of the Baltimore City Council, Nick Mosby, joins me. It's midday. I'm Tom Hall. We'll be right back. This is 88.1 WYPR. And welcome back. It's midday. I'm Tom Hall. If you just joined us, we're talking about the conduit deal that Baltimore Mayor's Brandon Scott's administration has made with BGE to run the city's conduit system. Joining me now with his perspective is Baltimore City Council President Nick Mosby. Mr. Council President, welcome back. Thanks for having me on, Tom. So you're opposed to this deal. How come? Um, I mean, I think at the end of the day, when we talk about government, when we talk about good government, particularly for precious owned city assets like the conduit system, um, we have to do it in a way that's transparent and have to do it in a way that we're assuring uh, that it's vetted properly, not just for today, but for future generations to come. Uh, and very early on, um, when we saw the administration's approach to try to aggressively uh, push this deal down, I mean, if you think about this, from when we found out about the contract, to the mayor's so-called uh, vote on it at the Board of Estimates with himself and his two um, appointees. Um, that was about like less than a month apart. 
Um, and we're talking about a multi, multi-million dollar, over $100 million deal. Um, and so, you know, when we talk about like our government, um, you know, this is the best form of a, um, of a authoritarian, unilateral, atrocity uh, t- type of government where uh, you just have an individual and their two appointees can then can decide to, uh, to go down this path. What I mean, should the administration have done? In other words, they were negotiating this deal. Uh, the law department was doing that. For some reason, they didn't involve the folks from the conduit division of the Department of Transportation. That's a whole other issue. But um, what, should they have involved the council in the actual negotiation stage? Or uh, what, what should they, should, they, have they should have been transparent, one. I mean, if you look at back at the history, back in October 2022, a deal was brought before the Board of Estimates to hire a firm called FMI. And we're paying FMI $50,000 to give us advice, provide findings and recommendations on what we should do with our conduit system. Now, this conduit system uh, has been a topic of discussion for several years. Um, bg and has consistently attempted to purchase the conduit system. Uh, so when that came up, that was a concern of mine um, because I knew that the charter amendment question was going to go before the voters in November. So what I did was I deferred that discussion with FMI until after November to allow voters the chance to go out and vote uh, and, um, you know, provide us with additional information. After that vote took place and voters went out close to 77 percent, said that they were they didn't want to sell or develop any major master lease agreement with the network. um, The administration still pushed this FMI contract. Uh, and so when this popped up through the media that they had this, this, this new agreement, you know, the question was, well, where's the FMI findings? Um, you know, they're subject matter experts. They're supposed to tell us exactly what the valuation of the network is, what we can do with the network, what are our options, what are their findings and their recommendations? Why are we doing anything? Why are we going down any path without leveraging a report of information that we've already paid for uh, to, to kind of take this up. And uh, again, it just was quickly pushed and pushed and pushed. I think that when we take I just step- asked the mayor about that, and his response generally is, uh, we were going to get sued. He was it, concerned about, you know, the timing of it, that BGE somehow had this, uh, you know, uh, overhanging threat that they were going to, you know, enter into litigation. Again. Which which makes absolutely no sense because, one, we, we already have an agreement, right? The city's getting, you know, $28 million. Um, you know, BGE is proposing uh, to raise that to like the $34 million that they're going to now keep. Um so this idea that we were going to drastically change the direction of where we currently are um, couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, the, the reality is the deal that we were in is better than the deal that we're moving forward. Um, what we're not talking about is we're not talking about the fact that the city was literally taking in close to $30 million from BG&E every single year in revenue in perpetuity. I mean, until BG&E decides that they can provide electricity by oxygen or by rain runoff or something, they're going to need and need our conduit system. That's why the system is so valuable. That's why they ultimately want to buy it. And we understand- The mayor was concerned that we didn't have the money to do the capital improvements that are needed on this no, hundred and plus year old. No, Tom, we system. do. They they give us they give us the, that's what the revenue is that we, we we make that they give us that revenue right now. Tom, you you live in my house. You you pay me thirty million dollars a year to live in my house, right? You come to me and say, hey, you know what, Nick? Uh, I still want to live here because I have to live here, but I'm going to keep the $30 million and I'm going to decide what to do with that $30 million. Uh, So, I mean, I'm an electrical engineer by trade. I've done major, major projects, construction, um, particularly underground facilities like this. You know, 
there's no way for us to tell what the soft and hard cost is that BGE will be spending. When you give me that $30 million, I know exactly what that money is going towards. I get to develop the capital improvement plan that will benefit everybody in the system that will it will put in equity uh, throughout the system. Another thing about this, when we talk about when we take a step back is, um, you know, we have to think bigger than where we are right now. We could leverage this money that we're getting in perpetuity and go out to the bond market and float a bond and do a real infrastructure project uh, that could be generational, uh, that could put folks to work, that could uh, really clean up our system in a way that um, we have never had the, the, the gumption to do in the past. I think that when we when we turn every corner about this deal, it just does not make any sense. But more particularly, why it doesn't make sense is why did we rush it? Why was it such a rush uh, to do this in, in, in a matter of less than a month? The uh, I'm going to ask you about the, the fact that the city solicitor has uh, delivered an opinion saying that the vote that took place without you and the comptroller on February 15th is, in fact, a valid vote. She's quoted in, the, uh, uh, in a story by my colleague, uh, Wamboy Kamau, saying the intentional absences were correctly treated as abstentions. To simply allow an absence to thwart city business would deem all of these rules absolutely meaningless. There'd be no need to ever cancel a meeting or defer a meeting if you could simply just not show up. How do you respond to that legal thinking? The, the, the reality is, and, and this is really getting in the weeds, the administration, after you know, I deferred that vote last October to November to ensure the voters had the right to vote and we knew exactly where the city was about selling our network or doing a, in a deal like this, the, mission, the administration next action was to change the Board of Estimates rules. Uh, to not allow for myself nor the comptroller to defer um, uh, issues like this without the mayor's approval. Um, so, like, the mayor kind of talked about how he's giving up power and how he's moving in a direction of, of partnership around this, but it's really the opposite direction. Um, you know, we're getting, I mean, th there's a strong mayor form of government, and then there's Baltimore. Uh, where this is literally an autocracy, uh, authoritarian approach where you have one person that can make a bold decision like this in a matter of a couple of weeks. Hundreds of millions of dollars um, of, of a potential revenue that the city can leverage again on the bond market, that the city has the economy and control, that the city's employing individuals have done, by the way, have done an amazing job over the past five years of this disagreement. Um, one person can literally make the decision and move in a different direction. I think that we have to pivot away from the back and forth of the mayor's lawyer because that's how the solicitor has approached this thing um, and really move into a direction of, you know, where's a government that we can have a, a, a certain level of independence, uh, where we can have um, uh, independent uh, bodies um, that, that are co-equal branches of government, uh, like we see on our federal level, like we see at our state level, like we see at most major uh, cities. Uh, and I think that there is not one poster child for that issue other than this conduit issue of what the citizens have been, you know, witnessing over the past couple of weeks associated with the mayor uh, who rightfully thinks that this is the right approach. Uh, and it just has bulldozed this down uh, the throats of not only the council, not only the citizens of Baltimore. There's not one elected official on the federal, state or local level that is supportive of this. There's not one other organization outside of BGE that has come out supportive of this. Why are we rushing it? The vote is scheduled now for April 5th. Isn't it still going to be three to two? Isn't this vote still going to uh, fail? 
I mean, or, past. or, or passed it to, to, to agree. I, the, uh, to, there, there's no secret that the mayor controls the board of estimates. He has three out of the five votes, two of his appointees. The, 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 the question is, why rush something like this? Why not allow that process? I mean, this is not the first time that, you know, I've had major issues with the approaches that the administration has taken on really large uh, items. You be at the arena, be at the, the contract on 83, Motorola contract. You know, we've been very open, but there's been an opportunity for at least a dialogue and transparency and open accountability to the citizens of Baltimore. For this, they put it on the agenda and they wanted to pass it right away. I mean, again, this is a multi-multi-million dollar deal uh, that the mayor, because the media broke it, uh, you know, brought up on the board of estimates and, and, and wanted to pass it within a couple of weeks without any level of, of discussion on the council or on the board of estimates. Yeah, the Baltimore Brew did, in fact, break it. But uh, do you hold out hope that somehow this agreement could be amended in a way uh, that, that addresses your concerns? I think that what we've seen over the past couple of weeks, the administration led by the mayor uh, is so committed for whatever reason to this approach um, that I don't think that he at this point is willing to, to really listen. I think that they've been very clear that they've moved on. Uh, they feel like this is already voted on. They feel like they've communicated to BG&E that they can communicate to the PSC that this is a deal that's signed and delivered. Uh, and he's ultimately moved on. So the idea that we're going to be able to uh, kind of change uh, the mayor's thought process on it uh, is. Uh, but but again, I can't just find, I mean, as an electrical engineer, a person that has dealt in buried facilities uh, and studied this issue well the past couple of weeks. I just can't see um, a corner that you can turn me in to show me why this makes sense for the city, not just now, but for the future. That's all the time we have, uh, Council President. I appreciate your time. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Nick Mosby is the president of the Baltimore City Council. That's it for us today. Coming up tomorrow, it's the annual Oscar edition of Midday at the Movies. Max Weiss of Baltimore Magazine and Jed Dietz of the Maryland Film Festival will join me with their prognostications about what's in store at the Academy Awards next week. Plus, Jay Wynn Russick reviews the current offering at the Phil's Point Corner theater called dead man's cell phone here and now is up next after news at the top of the hour so stick around for that i'm tom hall thanks for listening have a great day this is your public radio 88.1 wypr